You are listening to the Grace Church Podcast. To learn more about grace, including our gathering times, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Tommy Jones. We're doing our Christmas series now, and, and this is, you can tell, we moved into the Christmas season, and I love Christmas. I mean, like, this is a big deal, okay? The king of the world saw what was going on. Matter of fact, he had a plan from the beginning to rescue us, and the plan involved him sending his son into the world uh, through the womb of a virgin so that he might become like us but greater than us so that he might save all of us. This is a big deal. You with me? It's a big deal. It's a big deal for the church. It's a big deal for you. And so, like, I don't think that it's um, coincidence that because this is a sacred, special time of year for us, a time when we should just be laser-focused on Christ. I don't think it's a coincidence. This is also the most distracting time of year, right? I almost feel like there may be a, a plan by an enemy to steal, kill, and destroy all the things that God has planned for us. So although this is a sacred, special time with Christ and the church, it's also a busy time. A time of great depression for so many people, a time of a distraction, like your stress o meter is just going out the roof, right? I don't think that's coincidence. And even for us, like those of us who work in the church, there's this sort of feeling each year that we gotta go bigger, right? You know, we gotta go bigger. We had 10 singers last year, we need 140 this year, you know, bigger, 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 bigger tree, bigger, bigger. And so there's this feeling in us, and probably in you, and maybe in your homes, that, that what you do is you gotta go bigger. Well, this year, as my staff and I have come together, we've sort of felt like a rebellion against excess. That that's not what we need this year. Not only do we feel like, and I don't think we've ever done anything wrong in the past. When we did go big, I think there was a reason we were illustrating the greatness of God through excellence. Those things are good and righteous. We're good stewards of finances and resources. We've done that. But still, there was a feeling amongst us to, to dial it back this year. And not only, I mean, you can tell that the decorations are not typically what they would be in the past. And they're good, but it's not typically as far as we would go. Not only that, we felt like the needs of this community are greater than they've ever been. Our ministry partners, are, it's difficult times. And a lot of people can't buy toys for their kids. There's all this inflation. There, I mean, it is a hard time in the world. And so what we want to do is focus our resources out there. And so that's what we're doing. We're coming together to focus on doing exactly what we should be doing. This is a year when we have collectively felt like we must do more out there. And I love this verse from James. If you've never read James, you should. If, you, if you're new to church, James is a half-brother of Jesus, and he's really cool. James 2.15 says this. If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, Yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body. What use is that? In the same way, faith also, if it has no works, is dead. Being by itself. Okay, works does not save you, guys. It is faith alone, grace alone. The faith, the grace, you're saved by grace. But if you have saving faith, it should be evidenced by the way you live, by the things you're doing in the world. And so we believe that we must be a church in action, especially this time of year. And here's the truth. We can't fund every ministry. We can't give to every organization. And we can't buy a present for every single kid in the world. We can't do everything, but where we can, we must. Where it is possible, we must. Where we can do something, 
we must do something. Christmas is not about us showing how great our church is. It is not about us showcasing uh, the greatness of our talent. Christmas is about us pointing to the glory of God. And sometimes for that to happen most effectively, we must decrease so that the story can increase. And so that's what we're doing. And you, my friends, are part of it. We're in a season right now. Does it, did anyone who grew up in church know what season we're in right now? Advent, or Advent, as I call it. Yeah, everyone do this real quick. At one, two, three. Advent. No one knows why people do this. But it, all right, so we're in a season called Advent. If you grew up, if you, if you didn't grow up, this is new to you. If you grew up, you've heard of this. But like, so like, I had to get a reminder of what it was because we don't typically talk about Advent a lot. But Advent is a season. It's four weeks before Christmas, right? And so there's one candle lit. There's a, a candle lit every week, right? And then they're all four lit on Christmas Eve. It's a season of preparation. It's a season of, of preparing our hearts to celebrate the coming of the king. Typically, that season is observed through fasting, uh, through uh, acts of kindness, of giving and doing kind things for the world, and, and fellowship together, and prayer, and all these kinds of things. And we're not, it's not just, Advent is not just about uh, remembering Christmas, although we remember that, and we celebrate that Christ came into the world, and we prepare hearts for that. But we're not just remembering in Advent, we're also experiencing in real time, you and I are living the goodness of our God. But we're not just remembering and experiencing. We're looking forward to a day when Christ will come back again. And Advent symbolizes all of those things and our response to what was, what is, and what will one day be. And so we live in preparation as people who are preparing their hearts for something special. And I, I, this, this is the part that I'm so excited about, and, I, and you're going to be excited about it too, I believe. There are no, over the next four weeks, um, as we celebrate Advent, we move towards Christmas, I want you to know this, there are no passive observers in this room. There's no passive observers in here. You didn't come here uh, for a show. You came here to be part of a movement. You, can, you are in this room today to be part of a, you're not watching something happening, you are part of what is happening, and in order to be part of a movement, guess what you must do, and I'll give you a hint, no, 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 no. Move. You must move to be part of I'm good at that. You must move to be part of a movement. And so you are all going to get the opportunity to live out your faith over the next four weeks. The world will see our good deeds and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Individually, you will get the opportunity to live it out. And collectively, you will get the opportunity to live this out as we together, through worship, through meeting together, through good deeds, through fasting, through prayer, we will show the world what the kingdom of God looks like. And I cannot wait. There's going to be a collective response from all of us. That's that, the, the reason we're calling this series The Greatest Gift. Y'all know why that big, y'all see that big box out there? There's like a big box. Some of you didn't. There's a big box over here. It looks like a Christmas present. You're getting your picture taken inside the Christmas present. And the reason you're doing that is because Christ has given us these greatest gifts, we now must become a gift for the world. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we become a gift for the world because of the gift we have received? And here's the real kicker. You know how we're going to do it? You know what we're going to look like as we become a gift for the world, as we realize what we've received? You know how we're going to do it? We're going to do it like this. You ready? Joyfully. <laughs> we are joyfully going to be a gift for the world. This verse is so good. Paul wrote this, and this is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. It says, Now I say this, the one who sows sparingly 
will also reap sparingly. And the one who sows generously will also reap generously. Each one must do just as he or she has decided in their own heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a, y'all see that? Cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace overflow to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything. Do you know that you have all sufficiency in everything if you belong to Christ? When's the last time you gave thanks to God for that? Been a while for me too. I have all sufficiency in everything. You may have an abundance for every good deed. Typically, go, go back one if you don't mind. When I've read verse 6, 4, some of you have read this before. I always think like he's talking to me or the church, and I still think it is. I think God wants to remind us that if you want to reap generously, you must sow generously. And he's using farming terms. And what he's talking about like is if you want to get a, get a big return, you got to put a lot out there, right? But as I read that this week, I couldn't help but think about God. God is the most generous sower the world has ever known. And he has sown generously in this house. We have the sufficiency for everything we need. There is an abundance of flowing from us. And so if God has sown generously into this house, over the next four weeks, God must reap generously from this house. And the way he will reap generosity is through you, me, as we become God's gifts for the world. And so what we're going to do each week is jump into the Christmas story, look at one aspect of this greatest gift, and then discuss how we might respond as God's gift to the world. So if you have your Bible, open it up. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 1. And guys, we y'all do me a favor if you're able? Because this is a sacred, special time of year, I would love for us all just to stand together as we read this part of the gospel. If you don't mind, just stand if you can. Matthew 1, 18, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed, and y'all understand betrothed is not like a modern day engagement. Betrothed means they, they're legally bound, but they have not yet consummated. They're not yet married, but they're legally bound to each other. It says, when uh, Mary had been betrothed, given to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, he planned to send her away secretly. But when he thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You can be seated. Are, are you having trouble figuring out how blessed you are this Christmas? If you belong to Christ, let me remind you of something. You have been saved from your sins. We have been saved from our sins. If you belong to Christ, if you have given your life to Christ, then your sin is not your name. If you belong to Christ, now if you don't belong to Christ, then you are still the sum of your sins. You are still named by your transgressions. But if you have given your life to Jesus, he saved you from your sin. Do, do you realize that? When is the last time you thought about that? Guys, this week, you know, I've seen people posting on their profile pic pictures of Bobby Petrino with his neck brace or whatever. Listen, Christians, stop that. How would you like for someone to make your worst moment their profile pic? 
We have been saved from our sins. I am not the name of my sin. I am not the sum of what I've done in this world. And if that doesn't excite you, then you are missing the point of Jesus. He has rescued you from you. You're, you're not named by that thing. You're a daughter of the king. I'm a son of the king. He has paid for my sins. And that must do something in us. Unless you're sinless in this room, and ain't none of y'all sinless. <laughs> Trust me. We know each other. Mm, yeah, I was there. <laughs> we need this. And in, in, in the Old Testament, there was a system for paying for sins, and it was a system of sacrifice, right? So if you sinned, you'd go, you know, you'd go kill a goat or whatever, and the goat's blood made you even with the house, okay? So you were forgiven from your sin, but you weren't healed from your sin. That's why you had to keep sacrificing other goats. And then, and then one day, Jesus says, hold on, no, I'm going to give you a better sacrifice, a perfect sacrifice, so that you won't just be forgiven, do you understand this? When Christ came into your life, he didn't return you to even. He didn't restore you back to you. He gave you his righteousness. You're not even with the house. You're with the king of the house. You have been returned to the intended condition, not the condition you were born in, the condition of creation, the intended condition of righteous before the king. We could have never, ever done this on our own. And this, guys, this must matter to us. We must care. We must respond. We must sing and we must be generous and, and we, must, we must give and we must live lives that demonstrate that we are now a gift to the world. As a matter of fact, you, you, raise your hand just out of curiosity. And by the way, this is not like a heaven or hell type answer here. <laughs> raise your hand if you like Christmas music. That's pretty good. Um, see, here's the deal, okay? I like Christmas music, but sometimes, because I've sang the song so many times, I might as well be singing Rudolph. You with me? So let's, we're going to sing a song today. Throw that one up there. We're going to close today with this song. <clears throat> Stop it. I don't come to your job and laugh at you. Hey, good job in the bank or what? I'm not doing that. All right, so I'm not going to sing the song, although I could. And it would sound good, um, but I'm in my voice. I'm sick. But, you know, we, we sing these songs so many times that they're just kind of like writ. You know, like it's just whatever. So I, I want you all to look at the words of this song real quick. Oh, holy night, stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. This, is the, this next line is the line. Long lay the world in what? Sin. Sin and error. And, and y'all know the word pining? That's an old school word, pining. Pining is longing for something that you can't have. Longing for more. Not, not just another sacrifice. I long to be free. I long to be free from this desire. I long to have power over this addiction. I long to move forward. I long, I long for my guilt, my shame, my pride, my lust. I long for these things to be conquered, but I can't do anything about it until, read that next line, until he, guess who the capital H is? 
until he appears. Oh, and my soul felt its worth. Oh my gosh, my soul. I still remember the night that he came into my life. I still remember who I was before. And some of you have forgotten, and today I beg you to remember. I remember who I was. I remember the guilt and the grief and the shame and all the feelings and the lies and all of it. And then one day, my soul felt its worth. Not because I was suddenly worthy, but because one who was had taken my sin on his back so that I might be free. My soul felt its worth. And then look look what happens. A thrill of hope as what? As the weary world rejoices. Thank you, God. A new and glorious morning fall on my knees. Angels are like, a weary world rejoices. What happened to that? What happened to that? Church, we are the weary world that should lead the rejoicing. And if somebody comes in here over the next four weeks and they see people sitting on their hands looking bored, they will not understand that you have been set free from hell. They must see more from us over the next four weeks. We have been given an incredible gift. And there's only one response. Here we go. Because we have been given an incredible gift, we must become an incredible gift for the world. And what kind of giver does God love? Does anyone remember that verse earlier? A cheerful giver. You know what you cannot be? An angry (laughs) gift for the world. Listen, if you are angry face emoji after you have received Christ, something has gone wrong. This does not make sense to leave church and go to the restaurant. Man. Stop it. Walking around Dillard's looking all angry or Dollar, Dollar General. Sorry. That was my bad. I, I forgot where I was. That was my, that's, that's on me. You cannot walk around like this. This is unacceptable. If you're happy and you know it, then your face must surely show it. Like we have been set free from sin. We are a glorious, joyful gift for the world. We're not walking around side-eyeing everybody. Stop it. Sing with joy because your sins have been set free. Serve with joy because your sins have been set free. Give with joy because, man, go out of fellowship with joy. Like Love one another. Quit judging them, all right? They know what we think. Now just go love people. It's time. The time has come. This is the time. This right here? Really? Oh, no. Much has been given, right? Gosh, I have received so much. I have, because I really sinned. Some of mine are humdingers. We'll share stories one day. (laughs) Some of yours are, too. Uh, Bruce, I know you. That's my my brother. I can vouch for his. Guys, you are now God's gift to the world. That he would make himself known through you. Through the way you worship and the way we respond. That, that, That he would be living through us and everywhere we go gets better. Because the king has arrived through us. What a joy. This is who we get to be. God making an appeal to the world through you and I.
And listen, let me say this. I know that everything for you this year, some of you hasn't been glitter and rainbows. Amen. Been some tough times. Been some tough times. I know, I know. You've seen loss and financial stuff and, and you know, and she left and she's not come back and he left and, and, and they, and I get it, I get it, I get it. But we bear witness to our faith in times like this. We bear witness to our faith when, when, when we don't know how it ends and yet we still joyfully move into the world. We bear witness to our faith in moments like this when the truth is we're hurting. But God, I trust you. And I'm not saying you walk around and fake it. That's not what joy is. Joy is something that goes beyond the moment. Joy is something that goes beyond yourself. Joy is serving others when you are hurting. Joy is doing what you can do as part of the kingdom, joyful, walking into the world. Why? Because you got everything you wanted? Because you found the PlayStation 5? No. Because your sins have been forgiven. Because your sins have been wiped away as far as the east is from the west. Because you have had your status removed and you've been elevated to the status of son and daughter. And so, we move into the world as people who bring a cheerful gift to the world. Guys, if if where you show up, it gets worse... You have two choices. Number one, stop going there. Or number two, start showing up differently. I mean, I feel feel like 85% of my sermons are just be cool. (laughs) Just go out in the world and be nice to people. Here's what we're going to do together, and I'm super excited about this. I think you all will be excited about it too because it's Advent, and so we're going to do some of the traditional things. Here's what we're going to do. Together this week. I'm going to put these on the screen. I think these are on the screen now. All right, number one is read Matthew 1 through 3. Together, like we're going to read it. We're all going to read Matthew 1 through 3, okay? And you have time for this. You absolutely have time in Advent to read Matthew 1 through 3. If you don't, man, rearrange your schedule. Like throw away your phone because you've got time. Here's the second thing we're going to do. Deal with your sin. Like get honest with God about what's going on in your life. Refuse to cohabitate with what is destroying you. I mean, if, if, it's, if it's, you know, an addiction or something, drive home a different way. Like, do, do, it, do whatever you got to do. Uh, pride. Or, and you, this may be one of those things where you have to go to somebody and say, hey, I need some help with this. Well, you don't have to come in front of the church through that. That's not what we do here. But go to somebody and say, I need some help here. I'm struggling. But understand that you have been forgiven, and so you no longer have to live like that. Quit telling yourself, this is just life for me. No, it's not. He is life for you. And so everything has changed. Third thing we're going to do is we're going to pray. For, between now and Sunday, can we, can we be in covenant with one another to pray that God moves through this place in a unique and mysterious way this year? That someone is set free. My sins have been forgiven. I'm praying that someone else has their sins forgiven over the next few weeks. Fourth one is your favorite. That doesn't mean run fast to the cafeteria when you leave here. Let him in get to the cafe before anybody else. Tomorrow, let's fast together. For, for those who are able, I know some of you got, you know, you're pregnant or you have, you know, don't, don't, but like for the rest of us who are able, let's fast together from sunrise to sunset. And by the way, sunset is 4.58 p.m., okay? We're not exactly carrying a cross here, ladies and gentlemen. We can do this. We can do this. Let's fast together. 
And, and, and do this. Pray as you're fasting that God makes you hungry. Remember that. Pray, God, make me hungry. Let me hunger that I might know a little inconvenience. A little inconvenience for the one who broke the chains of my sin. Number five, guys, I, um, give cheerfully over the next few weeks. Give cheerfully. Uh, I'm, this is not a song and dance. I'm not, we're not putting grab. Just, just give. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're, we, we did 4500 for Nehemiah House this week, which I was super excited about. You did that. You did that collectively. Uh, we're doing another 1500 today because we're going to make sure that every single person who signed up for the gift of Christmas, the Christmas Mall, uh, we had about 80 or 90 gifts left. And so we're going to do $1,500 as a church to make sure that every single person who signed up for a gift gets there. So good job on that. Good job on that. Each week through this series, we're going to give more money away to more organizations. And I want to say this, and I know this is crazy, but I'm going to say it. If you're in this place today and you can't get your kids a thing for Christmas, come talk to us this week because you will have a Christmas. Now, I'm not saying they're getting, you know, the, the, the new Jeep Wrangler or something like that. <laughs> but if, you, if you're in a situation where you can't breathe because you are so stressed and so sad, uh, you come to us. We will take care of it, and your kids will never know that we had anything to do with it. It'll be from you. And the reason we're able to do that is because people in this house value generosity. And as individuals, as you go out into the world this week, be generous. Generous with your smiles. Again, I, I, know, I know you're eating out. This, this is the time of year. Tip generously. If you cannot afford to tip, then you can't afford to go out to eat. That's just the bottom line. Be kind to people where you go. This is who we are. We are sons and daughters of a king. My sins are forgiven. My future is heaven. We will thank God for what he's done. Amen. If you are encouraged by today's message, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at thegracechurch.net. And again, thanks for listening to the Grace Church Podcast.